The origin of these broadcasts is unknown. What you are listening to is the recordings of intercepted transmissions. She made homemade ones with Gravy? French onion soup. Ew, bro. Ew. You need to get over your fear of onions. <laughs> what, what you not going to do right now is call <laughs> me out. <laughs> Nobody likes onions. It's not weird of me, I don't think. It was uh, it was pretty good, but yeah, her biscuits were homemade. Um, her biscuits were homemade, baby. Nice and fluffy. Nice and warm. Uh, PG-13. No, this is X-rated podcast. R. Rated R? R-rated. What did I say? X? Same thing. Um, <laughs> I f- went fishing today. Yeah? Did it go as great as the last time you went and the time you went with Cody and the time before that you went with Cody? You mean by not catching anything? Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah, you use like the that. new pole? I did. I took Knox with me. Did he catch anything? <laughs> no, he. You know how like I, at first he was all excited to go, and he's only how old is he? Five, six. six. No, he's five. Emmy just turned seven. Oh yeah. So he'll turn five in February <laughs> or six in February. Bobby. So his attention span is what I'm getting at. Is at <laughs> first he was all excited, and I knew it was going to happen, but we get down to the river, and he got bored. Like, not even 15 minutes in the fishing. Dad, I want to go home. Was he cold? No, I bundled. I made sure he had <laughs> jacket. So. Did you? So you use your new pole. Did you use your new lures? No. Well, I was catfishing, so. I put, Use hot dogs? I did, with garlic salt and garlic powder. And nothing. No. I had two lines in the water and nothing, and there was someone down for me, and they caught a catfish right no. before I got there. Yeah. Did you talk to him? Yeah, I just like Shit. said hi in passing when I walked because they were in my spot, so I had to go farther down. Oh, so you would have caught that catfish. Yeah, yeah that's sure. what you're getting at. Yeah. Dang. Well, last night I got bit by my dog. Which one? Mara. It was my fault. I was roughhousing her. I was getting her going. She bit my elbow, so now my elbow's swollen. Oh, my God. I went to the gym this morning, and poor Jessica, that's my best friend and my gym partner, she was just, she, I couldn't do nothing. My weights were so light and everything. She's just trucking along. I'm just like, man, I'm sorry. I just can't use the right side. And we did back and biceps. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, a bug. Um, Is it sore? Yeah. It's Bruce. Can you see? Like, oh, yeah. She bit me in yeah. the crease. Dang. Yeah, she did that. It was my fault. Pablo's been getting mouthy lately and trying to break that habit. Well, I mean, I can't blame her because I'd be grabbing her face and pushing her away and shit. So, I rough. I'm rough with those dogs. Yeah. It's, 
I'm rough with fault. Pablo in the kitchen, and I'm kind of regretting it because <laughs> now every time I walk in there, he's expecting. Ready like, to go? Yeah. That's why he's always clawing at me when I walk in, huh? Yeah. Sick. I trimmed his nails the other day, so today I was on the phone with this. That's that's his wife, by the way, my sister. And he heard me from the kitchen on Facetime. Oh it was crying God. and crying. I was like, "My poor Pablo." I'm surprised he didn't pee like he. My poor does. boy. God love him. So, first episode. First episode. I picked this one. I hope y'all like it. I've been wanting to do this one. Didn't I? Yeah. I picked this one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, what is it? What is it? Stanford Prison Experiment. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have y'all heard of that? I did not. I know. We were talking about ideas before we even like got all of our equipment and everything. And I was like, we need to do Stanford Prison Experiment. Ryan's like, huh? I'm like, no. No, don't tell me you don't know what Stanford Prison Experiment is. So he went home and watched some videos. He was like, yeah, we should do that. Yeah, I definitely had no idea. I mean, Stanford, I was like, like Stanford, California, because I'm familiar with that. But I didn't know they did this whole thing. But it was pretty cool. Like once I researched it. Yeah, I did all the. There was a lot of stuff I found out that I was like, damn, they did that. Yeah, I watched, I found a good video on YouTube. I must have watched it like three times. It was kind of like a mini documentary. Oh, with the old guy talking, narrating? Yeah, I think I sent you that one. It was, it was good. It was just slow because it was filmed back then. Yeah. And filming has come a long ways, my friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, it was at Stanford University. <laughs> <laughs> big <College>. surprise <laughs> college um yeah Continue. <laughs> I was gonna say something. it was conducted by a psychology professor philip zimbardo love the name i know it reminds me of something but i, I like something from my childhood zimbardo his la- zimbardo reminds me of like <gasps> zabumafu that's what it is zabumafu the lemur no <laughs> i was gonna say it reminds me of like a foreign like exotic car like I drive a 1983 Zimbardo. <laughs> Y'all, this man don't know Zabumafu. The lemur that jumps around. For it, what? It's a kid show. Zabumafu. No, you remember how much older I am? Well, Philip Zimbardo, as well as Craig Haney, with Curtis Banks and David Hasselhoff. I can't say this last name. Jeff? Jeffy? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> so Zim- Zimbardo, Zabumafu, created the experiment to see if he could influence the feeling of power by assigning different roles. Which, I mean, I know some of y'all's asses was safety patrol in elementary school. Wait. What is safety patrol? <laughs> You didn't have safety patrol? Oh, no. in, so in elementary school, I was safety patrol. Only fifth graders got to be safety patrol. And you got to wear an orange vest, and you got to make sure that everybody stayed in their line in the hallways. Oh, my gosh. You I, didn't have safety patrol? No. But that uh, reminds me, we had road guards in boot camp, special vests, and we, like, stopped traffic for the... See, and when you were... Did you ever do road guarding? Yeah. And you felt like a bad motherfucker, yeah. huh? Yeah, that's I, yeah. that's how I felt with safety patrol because I got to be like, 
get back in line. Mm-hmm. I got to tell those, and I, I knew I could too. And you, you had the power. I had the power. So Zimbardo was on to something. I mean, he knew. He probably he was probably safety patrol. <laughs> so he had originally planned for the experiment to last two weeks, fourteen days. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. No, it was six. Yeah. So. The experiment was from August 14th to August 20th of 1971. See, I got a bunch of different, like, I couldn't really, f- I came across some yeah. weird dates. I did too, but majority said the 14th through 21. There was a few that said the 16th through something, but majority of what I found was 14th yeah. through 21st. If somebody was, you know, well, I'm not calling your own, but if one of y'all was around back in, let me know. Dad was one, so we can't ask him. I should have asked my grand my grandma because this was 1971 in Palo Alto and she bought a, she had her first house there. Really? I'm not sure when the year she was living there, but I should have asked her. Which grandma? Judy. Oh. Mom's hmm. mom. Hmm. But yeah. That's why I was like Stanford. And then when I found out it was Palo Alto, I was like, oh shit, I've been to her house there. How did you not hear about this? I don't know. I, I, I'm all the way over in BFE, Kentucky. <laughs> and you came from California. Oh no, I'm, I'm oblivious to a lot of things. That's one of them. So the experiment would pay college students 15 bucks a day, which would amount to over $90 now. Yeah. So they're getting paid 90 bucks a day. I mean, would you do it? I would do it because it's, it doesn't sound stressful to me, you know? I mean... I mean, from the ad, it doesn't sound stressful. From the ad, it doesn't sound stressful. For $90, fuck yeah. But for $90 from what I read, pass. Oh, yeah, for sure. Pass. I do a lot of things besides this. I bet there are some people that would have done this for for $90 now. Cody Palmer. Cody Palmer would have done it. If he, if he could guarantee being a cop or one of the guards, he could do it. Yeah. I get, I bet anybody would do it if they could guarantee being a guard. But anyways, so it was okay money, for, especially for a college student, you know, yeah. that may not work. Struggling. But the catch was the students get, didn't get to choose their roles. It was by a coin flip. So it's 50-50 shot, you know. Yeah, and there's, what, like 70 plus um, applicants. Mm-hmm. That were screened, and uh, Zimbardo and his little staff decide on 24 mm-hmm. average, healthy. Um, I think it was a mixture of U.S. and a couple of Canadian students. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, well, because if you think, st- you know, Stanford is a pretty well-known college, and people from all over come right. to get education there. Um yeah, like you said, divided into two groups by flipping a coin. Right. That's crazy. Right. It's just like, maybe no you're lucky or you're not. Specific order, no reason, just totally no. random. Nope. So Zimbardo talked about wanting to see if students could adapt to power roles as he had spent lots of time researching individuation, which is the loss of self-awareness, and dehumanization, which is sad. That's so sad. Yeah. But I guess... uh psychologist i mean what else do you expect so this is the part that shook me well not shook this is one of the first ones it took part in the basement they they held this whole thing 
in the psychology building basement called Jordan Hall. Mm-hmm. It was a 35-foot section that was blocked off with walls that were built just to keep them secluded from other people. Yeah, and they, well, they, yeah, they made, it was like a makeshift prison down there. Right. It was like broom, broom closet. <laughs> there was a broom closet because they used that for the hole, quote. Oh, the, where the bad, the, bad here, the solitary, 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 solitary confinement. Yeah. The hole, right? Yeah. So I can't remember how many rooms it was, but uh, it looked, the, after they set everything up, it was, it looked pretty much like a prison. Yeah. I mean, it was plain and prison setting. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't concrete like prisons are. There wasn't any rats running around or anything. That's only in Green Mile. Love that movie. (laughs) I'm just kidding. There's probably rats in real prisons, too. So non-college men were assigned each role, as well as the three substitutes for each role, meaning 24 people total were selected, like Ryan said. Like like Ryan G said. Mm Mm-hmm. So when choosing people, Zimbardo made sure no one had any medical or mental problems and no criminal record. So they had no idea of what Joe was like. No, nothing there. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, he made sure none of them had criminal records. They're like, "Mm mm-mm. I bet, though, he's, I mean, it said that he chose people with no criminal record, but I'd be willing to bet not, not slim to no people with criminal records applied. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. I mean back then, pretty prestigious school, goody two shoe kids like right. Well, plus I would think that if you went to prison or went to not prison, but like well even prison or went to jail, even Cody that got stuck in the drunk tank would be like, I'm gonna pass on that, buddy. You know. Oh yeah, but then there's some that you know probably needed some money. So the prisoners, quote, prisoners were picked up from their homes with no heads up. They were picked up in patrol cars and charged, quote, charged with armed robbery. So the families and neighbors are all like standing out in their front yards confused. Why is Jimmy next door getting arrested? And I was laughing so hard when I was reading this. Imagine (laughs) Sharon next door and the cops coming to pick me up and be like armed robbery. You have the right to remain silent. Sharon's probably next door like, what? Yeah, freaking out. Right. My dad would be like, what? You what? (laughs) He'd be the first one down there at the prison. Right. I'd be crying. I'd be bawling. So the prisoners were actually taken to the Palo Alto. Is that how you say it? Uh, Yeah. Palo Alto police station and booked with fingerprints and mugshots. Just like the real deal. The real deal. So they were then put in a holding cell and blindfolded. So I don't know how long they sat in this holding cell. I'm going to assume they waited until multiple, quote, prisoners were in the cell. And then while still blindfolded, they took them to the prison. Mm-hmm. You know, the Stanford prison. Which was, I think it was the next building over. So it wasn't. They didn't really walk that far blindfolded. I didn't know that. I thought they packed them into cars. I mean, like, after, when they arrived at the college. Oh, so that it wasn't far. Yeah, they went somewhere first blind, well, went somewhere, got blindfolded, and then they moved them, like, to the actual basement. So it wasn't that far to, like, freak out. I mean, I'd be freaking out anyways. 
Well, yeah, as soon as I get that blindfold over me, I'm like clenching my butt and (laughs) (laughs) But I have to poop. (laughs) So around that same time, guards were brought into orientation. They were told they needed to be strict and basically be tougher than they think they needed to be, which is scary. I mean, you're telling these people that might even already be mean Mm -hmm. that they need to be meaner? Yeah, because they went through like a little psyche eval on the interview part, but like not enough to know if that person has, you know, troubled childhood or whatever, anger problems. So it's kind of, it's crazy. So they were given wooden batons, uniforms, and they even gave them mirrored sunglasses, like in the movie Cool Hand Luke. I don't know what that is. Like a two-way like they can't yeah so they were like um aviators and they were like mirrored from the outside but you could see from and see out of them from the inside and they got it off of that movie cool hand luke but it was so prisoners couldn't make direct eye contact and make the guards feel any type of way yeah they couldn't feel bad if they couldn't make direct eye contact but yeah it was like no matter the light the lighting condition you can't see in those sunglasses. Right. I mean, if you're like the guard or the prisoner, prisoner looking at the guard. Um, I bet they felt like, felt like bad ass motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, the shit they did was like rude. Totally fucked up. But, uh, um, well, I want to back up for a second because we missed, why this study took place in the first place. Um, The United States Navy and the Marine Corps uh, wanted to um, conduct this study about the psychological conflict between prison officer and prisoner. Hmm. And because they had in the military, you have your own pretty much, um, judicial system with like military court and military prisons. So they wanted to do a study uh, in their own kind of world and, and learn from that. So they came out to the civilian um, sector and approached Stanford college and said, Hey, we'll fund this project. If you can, um, you know, get someone to do it. So that's how, uh, Zimbardo got tied into this whole thing. I didn't know that. I thought it was just, I thought he did it on his own. No. Uh, yeah. Like when I found out, I was like, holy crap, this is like big government thing. Right. Hmm. That sounds like some MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. A little foreshadowing there. Right. Um, continue. So, sorry. Prisoners were brought in, they were stripped and searched. I wonder if the guards got searched, too. You know? Like prior? Yeah. Probably. Hmm. So the prisoners were brought in, stripped and searched, given uniforms, which were dresses with no undergarments, chained by the ankles, and then shaved. Now, on the shaved part, there were some readings that I read that didn't mention it, but then when I read the actual transcripts from 
the experiment because I got a hold of the transcripts. Uh, it said that they did shave them. Their heads? Yeah. Hmm. But no, I don't think like clean shaved. I think buzzed. I don't know because some of the pictures, they had long hair. Like some, uh, there's pictures of, oh no, maybe that was the guards. I don't think the guards were shaved. No. Because I've seen pictures of, uh, I guess it was the guards with long hair. Yeah. Mind you, I forgot to mention, Zimbardo announced himself as warden, of course. Oh, yeah. He was the. Uh, yeah. So he told them, you got to toughen up. You got to get it together. You can't be a soft guard. We don't need no soft guards. He said, he said, you need to get together or you out. Because remember, we have backup guards. Was this on day one or at that? Yeah. End? Yeah, this is day one. Jeez. Okay. So you got anything to add before I start going through the days? Um, no. Just like I seen where they said there's three types of guards by the end. Like ones that were stern and like kind of disciplined others that were like good and didn't really discipline the prisoners. And then there's a majority of them that were just like super serious, like abusive, like all that. So, Oh yeah. Some of them took to it right away. They didn't waste no time. They're like, yeah, this is my shit. Yeah. So day one was pretty uneventful besides prisoners being woken at two 30 AM for a count. And the guardsmen don't do pushups. One guard was said to have literally stood on a prisoner during push-ups. I'm going to guess that was one of the serious guards that took his job real serious. He enjoyed the power. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit funny looking at it now because really, I mean, they were making the same amount of money. Yeah. They're both winning. Just one gets a different uniform and gets to boss another around. Well, maybe they thought the ones that were taking it above and beyond, maybe they thought they could get a raise or something out of it. Maybe. Or maybe they just enjoyed being assholes. Probably. Foreshadowing again. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so day two, prisoners began blockading the guards out of their cell block. <laughs> they didn't waste no time. Day two, they're like, we in there. Um, I'm assuming because they didn't want to do their morning push-ups during count, which I don't know was at, I don't know if it was at 2.30 again, but I'm sure it was at an ungodly hour. So the tactic with the waking them up for count and making them do push-ups was a tactic used in the Nazi camps. Mm -hmm. So guards that were off when this blockading started actually offered to come in. So they went by shifts, the guards did. Yeah. And guards that were off offered to come in to help with the situation, help with the prisoners that had been blockading so what they did <laughs> i'm not i don't know why i'm laughing they came in and they sprayed them with fire extinguishers i do remember that it's not funny but it's just like what the hell i mean it's a tactic or, you people I mean, are nuts yeah i uh, like a lot of this is like super military to me like, there's a lot of little things I'm like, holy shit, this is, I remember these kind of like, 
tactics and the, you know, like them beating us with push-ups and whatever. I'm like, oh my God, I would cry. I did. <laughs> Just kidding. Did you really? No. I, I probably did. I don't I can't remember. I wonder if Des cried. Did Vickers? Oh, um, yeah. He cried like a baby back bitch. Baby back bitch. I bet Des didn't because daddy ain't raised no baby back bitch. Oh, no. She scares me. I know. She scares me, too. She comes towards me, and I make sure I direct my eye, con- eye contact somewhere else. Same, and I live with her. <laughs> so, at this point in the experiment, guards decided they should come up with some sort of system where the obedient prisoners get better meals. So, they did. The prisoners in this privileged cell, they would call it cell, cell. <laughs> they would call it, would also get their clothes and cot back as well as be able to wash their hands and brush their teeth, which the other prisoners weren't allowed to do. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they were in unsanitary conditions and all that good stuff. So basically, if you were a privileged prisoner, you got basic human rights. Congratulations. Didn't they have a bucket or something? Yes. And they got the bucket taken away. Yes. Yes. Fucked up. So... The main rebellious prisoner ended up being stripped down and thrown in the hole, which was a dark hall closet. You know, the storage closet we were talking about. Yep. Spider webs. So I thought I had his number written down. I think I do later. The guard? No. The the main. 381 or something like that. Yeah. Was it 381? No, it's not 381. There's a few. I'm coming up on them. But anyways, all the prisoners that took place in that blockade were stripped. Guards then decided to mix good prisoners and bad prisoners again. This made the ringleaders believe that the good prisoners were rats. So they set them up for failure. They set it up to where they were like, okay, they're figuring this out. They're separating themselves. We're separating them by putting privileged prisoners separate. And it's going too smooth. That's the only thing that I can think is going through their head. It's going too smooth. We need to, we need to start some drama. Well, didn't it like throughout the when the guards are doing? I mean, because they're being observed the whole time by. Mm-hmm. I remember. I swear, I remember somewhere uh, it was saying that Zimbardo would step in or grab a guard once in a while and tell him to do certain things to. Yeah. You know, provoke. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know if he had to do it too often because there were some rude-ass well, guards. I specifically remember one time, like, he brought a guard, like, one of the bad guards in and told him, that, like, he need, pretty much needs to calm down because he was going too hard on the prisoners. Oh, I bet. That was towards the end, though. I bet. So... Guards step their game up after they mix these people in. They're like, yeah, we're about to start some drama. So we're going to step it up. So they started taking more and more of basic human decency away. They would make the prisoners use the restroom in a bucket in their cell. Then they wouldn't let them go dump the bucket. So they're just sitting in a cell with shit and piss. Sorry, dad. Probably flies. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Probably flies. When guards did allow the prisoners to go to the restroom, the guards would walk with them and trip them and push them because it was out of range of the cameras and 
like where where the observers could see. Yeah. So they were mean as hell when you couldn't see or when no one could see. They I mean, I'm assuming this is the observers taking the prisoners word on it, but I believe it. Were all the cameras visible to the like did the guards know? I don't know if they were visible, but I know that the guards knew where they were. So I'm assuming either they were told or they were visible. Yeah. Because they knew when they weren't in the range of the cameras because they'd be pushing and, and tripping them. So the guards were extra tough on who they thought was the ringleader, which was number 5401. This prisoner had actually planned to write about and sell the story once the experiment was over. He said, I got a plan, baby. No. I'm not only making $90 a, a day on this. <laughs> I'm going through hell. I'm about to make me some bank. So, well, 36... He was a smart one, then. Yeah, he was a smart one. Yeah. And he, I think, if I, re- if I remember reading it right, he had it all planned out before he went in. I mean, he was like, yeah, I got into this experiment. Y'all buckle up, because I'm going to sell y'all the story. He had it planned. That's crazy. So 36 hours in, prisoner 8612 went crazy. He was crying and screaming with rage, so they released him. That's me. If I was in this, would we? I'd have a mental breakdown. That'd be me. Yeah. I'd be crying and screaming, Mama, Daddy. On Tuesday, the prison allowed visitors. Prisoners were cleaned up nicely, and their cells were polished the day visitors came, you know. Prisoners were given a good meal while their visitors waited 30 minutes to see them. Once they were allowed in, it was only for 10 minutes and only two people could visit under the supervision of guards. Hmm. So they didn't get no alone time. I mean, the guards or the prisoners could be like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. This yeah. is crazy. They're making me poop in a bucket and sit beside it all day. You hide over there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So even the parents played into this. So. Oh, with the lawyer thing? Yeah. Is that? Do you even talk about that? No. Yeah. You talk about it because I don't think it's lower down there. I think that was towards the end. We'll see if I come back to it. If we don't, we'll cover it. So there was a rumor of mass escape. So remember when I told you 8612, the one that had a whole mental breakdown? Yes. There was a rumor that he was faking his emotional turmoil and that he was going to come back and free everyone. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So Zimbardo moved all the prisoners to the fifth floor via the elevator with bags over their head. Heads. So he put bags over all these people's heads and was like, all right, we're moving. Prison going up. Mm -hmm. Stuffed them on an elevator. Then Zimbardo waited in the basement. He waited. By himself? Yeah, for a 61 dude to come back with his crew of people that he thought was going to bust all the prisoners out. Okay. So he waited on there for the, quote, escape crew to show up, and they never did. So I don't know if it was a false rumor or if it was actually supposed to happen, never did. Anyways, this is when guards got even meaner. They started to force prisoners to clean out their toilet bowls with their bare hands. I don't think I could do that. I couldn't. I'd be vomiting. Trigger warning. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm a, like, I'm a smell guy. Like, if it smells bad, 
I'm not around it. You know, I don't. I think I'm a vis, uh, what's the word? Visual. Or Visual. Te- texture. Visual. Texture too, but I think those kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Oh thing. man, the smell. Oh. I'm just thinking back to now. I keep thinking about vomit and Cody vomiting the wedding night. Oh my god. That could be a whole episode. A whole episode on Cody. <laughs> 10, 10, 20. Yeah. Cody's adventures. I'm in the horse field and I'm in my skivvies. <laughs> so Wednesday, a priest came in. He spoke individually to the prisoners. And he, when he talked to them. Oh, I got this part too, yeah. They, gave, they didn't give him their names. They gave him their numbers. Well, because they're so brainwashed yeah. and... Like, Could you imagine though? What is it like? Three days in, four days? I think it's four days yeah, I in. Think it was four. And you don't even use your name. You just walk up. I'm three six two. Yeah, just natural, no hesitation. Right. Which I know I saw videos. I don't think I have this written down. But they would make them chant it. They'd over and over. Oh yeah. Over and over. Yeah. They'd line them up and be like, "Tell me your numbers." Well, they had, uh, I forget the prison number, that one guy at the end, it was like the fifth day, um, he got called in by himself to, it was either the priest or Zimbardo, and they talked or whatever, and in the back, or in the prison, everyone, all the guards, and I guess the rest of the prisoners were chanting number eight something was a bad as a bad prisoner and they sent that prisoner back to his cell by himself and zimbardo came back to check on me he's crying because they're still chanting that yeah i'm almost there oh okay i'm almost there because that's a good part that's like the most messed up part so where am i at so one prisoner 819 he didn't want to speak to the priest he he didn't want to speak to the cr- priest, but was crying for a doctor because he said he felt ill. Guards heard this and made the prisoner start chanting 819, like you said, mm. and it broke him down even further. So Zimbardo told him, yo, you need to leave. Like, you're not, this ain't it. You need to go. The prisoner looked at him and said, I can't leave because they labeled me a bad prisoner. So he felt the need to make these people feel like he wasn't bad. Yeah. That is so messed up. I just can't imagine the mental state these people were in. Well, especially that one was so emotional. I mean, you literally feel sick and these people, they're making these people bully you. But don't you think like, as like Zimbardo's point, like if you're any of the staff, like you're just chill- sitting back watching all this happening, like with your popcorn, probably. Don't you think like they're fucked up? Something fucked up with them for just like you know. Every time me and Cody watch a scary movie, I think that. Like when we watched Hill House, I was just thinking, man, somebody has to be so messed up in the head to think of this stuff. Oh, to like write the yeah. screenplay out? Yeah. So can you imagine being Zimbardo and being like, yo, we should cause a whole, this big old uproar that just messes people up. Let's do it. It'll be fun. Two weeks. 
No. He must have been. Was there any anything about? He must have got paid really good for this then. I mean, I'm sure if that one prisoner was talking about selling a story, I'm sure Zimbardo was a getting paid big money and B was probably selling it. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of like to do all this fucked up shit right. in the back of your head. You're like, fuck it. I'm going to get paid a million dollars. I mean, he was a psychology professor. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I'm sure something was gained out of it, out of it. And there's a bunch of, if there's any psychologists listening to this, they're probably like, you idiot. We learned so much from that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, y'all. So Thursday, Zimbardo held parole hearings. Prisoner actually, prisoners, multiple, actually asked for parole with no pay, no pay when they could just quit. They asked for parole with no pay when they could just quit. That That's how deep into this they were. They was probably ready to call what is it? Bond bondsman? A bondsman? Ba- yeah. yeah. Bail bondsman? Because mm-hmm. that's how serious they were about it. Sorry. I think I slipped to the side of the mic. Very fun. I didn't hear anything. So he's having parole hearings, and these people are like, yeah, I'll take it with no pay and still be on parole. Bro, just quit. Just walk out. He's in a different reality. He, he doesn't know. He's so, like, he's too far in, too deep. So, one final act of rebellion. What day was this? Last day. Six? Seven? I think it was six. Because um, I got called I think on it was the six. seventh yeah. day? I think it was six. So, a stand-in prisoner that had shown up Wednesday, 416, went on a hunger strike. The prisoners took their anger out on him. The guards gave prisoners an option. They could give up their blankets so 416 didn't have to be in solitary. Or they could keep their blankets and he would have to stay in solitary all night. Guess what they did? Gave up their blankets? No, they kept them. They made (laughs) this man stay in solitary all night. They said, I want my blanket. I don't know about you. Well, I mean... You get, I mean, you can get attached to that blanket. If if the blanket's <laughs> the only thing you have in that in that setting, like. I don't I, think it was that. I think they were like, my comfort over yours. Yeah. Like each man to each man for themselves. Yeah. So I didn't write this down because I don't know if it was factual. But I read 416, the one that went on a hunger strike. It was all over a sausage that he didn't want to eat. Like one sausage. Jimmy Dean? Probably Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. And he had like, it dropped it on the floor. It was cold. It was nasty from being dropped on the floor. And the guards were pissed off because he wouldn't eat it. So that's what they're calling the hunger strike. Oh, I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. And they're all like, "Mm, this man won't eat his sausage. We are keeping our blankets. Yeah. You can stay in solitary. So, Zimbardo had claimed that the experiment would help the prison system. But I digress. No. Nay, nay. I think our prison system is dysfunctional. 
as there are bad guards and there's still unfair treatment. I also think there's more of a hierarchy within prisons now than then. Yeah. I mean, back to the military side of it there, the, like, the terrorists in in Guantanamo, whatever, Guantanamo, however you say that shit. This man was in the Navy and can't say Guantanamo Bay. I wasn't a Navy SEAL. I wasn't just this. Don't you know that, that country song? What song? It's. Bye, bye, bye. No, that's not country, first off. It's the one that's like. Something about terrorists watch people TV and walk out of Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, guns. Bye. Kind of sounds familiar. I don't know who it's by, but it's called Guns. It's all about guns. America. And it's a country song? Yeah, it's a country song. I'll have to look it up. Um, But yeah, like the military would use treatment, pretty much just this experiment, the tactics and everything as as a tactic, like towards terrorists. But um, so like they're doing it on purpose, but I could see how you can get so lost in it. Lost in the sauce. Yeah. Like where it just comes a power thing. Right. But that wasn't his goal. He was like, this will help. Well, I guess you said it was. What? For the military. But well, they just wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Because he know. he had said this will help prison so much reform, prison reform. No, sir, you didn't. You didn't do jack shit <laughs> for prison reform. I actually think it made it worse because there's like right after the um, experiment was published or whatever, and news got out. There's like attempted breakouts and like oh, mm-hmm. a bunch something with Alcatraz. Something happened on Alcatraz. There's a lot. of a lot of shit that came from this. Not good. There's a girl I watch on YouTube. Her name's Christina Randall. Christina Randall. And she went to prison when she was 21, I think. And she talks all about how bad prison guards are. And she's had people on her YouTube and on her podcast about how bad prison guards are. Hmm. And she talks about prisoners being bad, too. I mean... But she says that most of the prisoners, you mind your business, you're good. But the guards, on another hand, she said they are. It's got to be a power thing. God, yeah. Um, did you see the uh, dude's girlfriend? No. Tell me about the dude's girlfriend. Z- 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 Zimbardo. Um, Professor Christina Mas- Maslock. Maslock. Um, Affleck. Affleck. She was a, I believe she was a psychology professor as well um, at UC Berkeley. And at the time this experiment was going on, um, they had a romantic relationship. And I get, I'm pretty sure he invited her over towards the end of the experiment. End of the experiment to. I don't know if they've been. What a romantic date night. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know if she knew it was going on the whole time or he just decided to tell her. But she comes over to observe one day and the, at first she thought it was boring, but then um, when she was watching more closely, she observed uh, 
one of the guards um, doing something. Dis- I can't remember exactly. They didn't say exactly what it was. It just said cruel and disturbing actions towards the prisoners. And she went straight back to Zimbardo and said, you need to end this right now. Um, and like start questioning him. Like, do you even see what's going on? Because uh, like Zimbardo and his guys were, you know, have the inside view of everything going on, but right. someone from the outside coming and seeing how fucked up it, it really is. Right. So she was one of the main factors in why the experiment experiment was um, dispersed. Yeah, dispersed early, and kind of weird. Like a year later, they ended up getting married. Oh, yeah, super like, girl. You should have run red flags, baby. I wonder. For some reason, I remember maybe that she didn't sell the story, but she did bunches of interviews about it, like against it. Yeah, yeah, afterward. Because there's even a part that said, like, she became emotional after discussing the study with him. I bet. Like, behind closed doors. Because I understand they're both psychology majors or whatever whatever you have to be to be a professor, but, I mean, that's messed up. Physically putting people through that. I mean, these these aren't rats that you're testing. Humans, college students, because college is already stressful. I wouldn't know, but I've been hearing college Mm -hmm. is stressful. And you're putting them through this? I don't know. I don't know. It's so. I I think we can agree that power trips are real. For sure. J. Cole didn't lie on his song about power trips. <laughs> <laughs> and that people will definitely adapt to their surroundings. But yeah. he had started this with, remember how I brought up individual, in, I can't say the word, individuation, individualization. Anyways. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Is that what it was? Now I'm curious. Individuality? In, individuation like and dehumanization. So, basically, he thought that based on one person's circumstance, they would react different than another person's circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that's incredibly wrong. I mean, I'm sure that there were prisoners that were better than other prisoners and guards, like you said, that were better than other guards. But they all fell down the rabbit hole. They either fell into a, a power trip or just fell down this hole of, I have to do this. I have to prove to these prisoners I'm not a bad prisoner. I have to, yeah. you know, I don't care about this person. Even though they're sleeping in solitary, I want my blanket. Either way, they fell victim in some sort of way. Yeah. I mean, people will readily conform to the social roles they're expected to play. Right. Especially if the roles are as strongly stere- stereotyped as guard and prisoner. Right. And I don't think it's based off personal traits. I think it's based off environment. Yeah. You get thrown into a pit of tigers, you're running. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a runner or somebody that likes to sit on the couch, you're running. It don't matter your personality traits. You're running. It's all based on your environment. And I think he thought that it was going to be different for people mentally. And it is not. I mean, you put me and you in a pit of mean ass guards that are beating us with batons we run in or fighting yeah it's yeah it's like fight or flight kind of thing right 
And I think peer pressure may, played a major role for both sides. If you're around a bunch of guards that are acting like hard asses and you're the only one that's a good guard, chances are you're going to try and be a hard ass. Yeah. And same thing for prisoners. If you're if you're around a bunch of prisoners that are blockading a cell, you're going to do it too because you don't want to look like no wimp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you show weakness, then you're fucked. Right. But also, I think Zimbardo fell real deep into his role. And the parents, like you said, that called lawyers, that were calling lawyers. Yeah, that was from the priest. Like, uh, when the priest was interviewing um, the prisoners, he... I can't remember exactly what... He asked the prisoners if they wanted to make a deal or something to get out to yeah. like kind of see what how that went and um then he told the prisoners that he would contact their parents and suggest lawyer. lawyers you know whatever Isn't i mean that, that was still insane? part of the experiment yeah right yeah but the parents fell victim to it they're just like oh yeah even though it's only a two-week thing and they never had caught con- no, no, the parents. No one ever had contact this whole time, right? They did. Remember, they got one visit. Oh, they yeah, got one okay, visit, okay. but it was supervised. And the day of the visit, they were made. They made sure the prisoners were cleaned up, and they got a good meal beforehand. That's crazy, right? I don't know. You probably didn't do it because California, but in Kentucky, we used to do this thing called Biz Town when we were in elementary school. Did you have a Biz Town? Explain. So Biztown was basically where we all went on a field trip to this mini town and you had a job in your mini town. I was an accountant. There was a mayor and you had to apply to be mayor. No. Well, that's what that reminds me of because we all went and we did you these. You actually went some, it was like a yes actual place? Yeah, it was like an indoor. I'll have to show you pictures. It was like an indoor building. With diff- little different, it was like a town square with little different offices, but it was indoor. What the heck? And we all had our own little roles. I was an accountant. So what was the, like, study, like, what was the... It was supposed to be, like... Point of it. Because we all had to, like, get our taxes done and oh. go to meetings. It was supposed to be... Like, getting you ready for a real world? Yeah, in fifth grade, <laughs> you know. Gotcha. But it was, that's what this reminds me of. Obviously, we didn't get beat or had to yeah. poop in toilets and scrub it by hand. But that's what it reminds me of. Because we all fell, all of us fifth graders fell into this little town and we yeah. made it work. Man. Never had anything like that, but I could see the similarities. Right. Sim, simu. Simu. <laughs> I want to hear y'all's opinion on this. Have y'all ever heard of it? Did we leave anything out? I'm pretty sure we left stuff out. But Oh, God, yeah, we left stuff out. I mean, it was a good topic. I like... I learned a lot. Not knowing anything, yeah. Yeah, like, I learned a lot. Yeah, y'all, I want to hear what y'all have to say, what, how y'all feel about it, if you I'm, think it like, helped at all. One thing that I'm surprised that... I mean, this was a big thing, and it was never... And any of our history but school books, no. like nothing. Like this should have been no. at least talked about. I mean, right. not, not so um, detailed and graphically, but. No, no, no. But I think like, it needs to be brought up. Yeah, like why and what has come from it or whatever. But 
I took a whole uh, law and justice class in high school. Never heard of it. Really? Yeah. And we studied like cases. We we had case studies and what nothing. The, you did yeah. all the cool stuff. I didn't get to do any of that. Yeah. It. I mean, no shame, Miss Carr, if you're listening to this, but it wasn't that fun. <laughs> it wasn't that cool. I didn't learn that much. I thought I would because I did it because I like true crime and yeah. stuff like that, but I didn't learn that much. Whatever. Um. Yeah. So if you want to comment or let us know um shoot us a comment on our instagram or uh, facebook page and we'd love to chat with you about it um if you really like the topic and you want to learn more uh philip zimbardo actually has a book i believe he wrote right after called the lucifer effect no this was year this was years after i think it was 2003 but um his book explains how and why we are all sus- sus- susceptible mm-hmm. to the lure of the dark side quotation. Um, end quote. End quote. Details how situational forces and group dynamics can work together to make monsters out of decent men and women. So um, I'm sure if you pick that book up and give it a read, he'll talk about um, his experiment and what's come from it and his point of view pretty much. So that'd be cool. And the Stanford university website has a whole, whole pretty much page and articles about you can, all you, this. yeah, you can also find the transcripts. I found the transcripts and they were really redundant and repetitive, but if you can make it through reading them, they're pretty interesting. I mean, it's detailed. Yeah, because I know some people are like will like to dive headfirst yeah. into stuff like this. Do it. It's sick. I mean, it's like type typewritten and everything. It's sick. So yeah. Also, if you feel like being nice, give us a shout out. Tell your friends. Leave a review. Are we going to be on Apple? Yeah, we'll be on uh, Apple, Spotify, um, all the pretty much just the major ones. Yeah. Um, so that will be. Exciting. Yeah. So give us a review wherever you're at. Um, we'll get a website going so people mm-hmm. can listen to us there. Yeah. We'll have, once we get the website going, we'll have, we'll start putting our merch on there. Um, even if you just leave us a review on Facebook, I mean, every little thing is going to help right now to get us off the ground. Yep. And we appreciate every little thing. Even so. just interaction. We want to talk to y'all. Yeah, for sure. We just like we just like to talk. <laughs> um, so make sure you follow us on Instagram, the official conspiracy burrito, Facebook. Go give us a like, talk to us, leave us a review, like we said, or even leave us a um, what is the word I'm thinking of? I'm blanking. It's my it's my bedtime. Comment. No. A like. That too. <laughs> Tell us what you want to hear. Oh, yeah. Suggestions. 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 Big go. word. There Leave us go. a suggestion. Maybe we can get like a poll going like Sophie King yeah. has so we can figure out what y'all want to listen to. Um, so, yeah. We we want to hear from you guys. We hope you like listening. All right. All right. Um, peace out, Girl Scout. See you later, alligator. Transmission. Terminated.